Welcome to Letters from the Pen. I am your host, R&B singer Nakia. And our host, D is on the line. And you'll be able to hear her in a second as soon as she unmutes her mic. So we have... And I'm your co-host, D. <laughs> there we go. So we have a really great show for you guys tonight. I like to call it an oldie but goodie. Um, and we have an awesome, awesome letter. But before we do that, before I get into the letter... I am going to shout out our sponsors that makes Letters from the Pen happen. That makes it possible to be here to share these letters with you guys and these amazing guests that we have on. So Letters from the Pen is brought to you by LHS Home Care for all your home care needs in the New York and Tri-State area. JRC Cleanup, no job is too big or too small. Amore Dior Designs for all your pressing needs. Kryptonitation, which is a 420 clothing brand. So check that out. Links are up on our website, Royal Eyes TV. And forgive me, am I forgetting anybody? Yes. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to Polish Beauty, uh, Beauty Studio. It's located in Garnet City, right across from the Roosevelt Mall. Um, thanks for the knotless braids. Yes. Thank you. And photography got next for all of your photography needs. So... Those are all of our sponsors that make thing, make it happen for us. You can hit any of them up on our website at www.lettersfromthepin.com. But okay, so we're going to get into this letter so we can get into the interview with Dave Rebels. So it's a juicy letter tonight. So uh, I have to print it out because it's so juicy. So you guys might want to um, have a seat, take your seats and um, pay close attention to this, um, to this letter because it's a little, it's, it's a little crazy. It's definitely a little crazy. All right, so here we go. Okay, so we're going to get into this letter. So we can. Dear Letters from the Pen, I'm a 21-year-old college student going to Stony Brook University in Long Island, New York. Ooh, already giving away information. I have a 65-year-old sugar daddy, and he's been my sugar daddy for the last two years. Since the COVID happened, I don't see him that often. However, he foots most of my college bills and gives me cash for my pocket. Just recently, he expressed to me that he wants to leave his wife and wants me. Why are you eating? Okay, anyway, he wants to leave his wife and he wants me to be his no longer side chick. He wants me to be his main chick. I feel really bad because he has children and I don't really want to break his wife's heart. However, it would put me in a position to be financially stable. Do you think that? Do you think that I should move move along with my plans, or I should wait for him to leave his wife and I move into his home? Signed, college student from Stony Brook. Okay. Uh. <sighs> Do you want to you want to take this one first? You you take this one first because I'm all about to run off. First, I want to shout out Wendy's for this four for four. It's great, awesome. Everybody, stop and grab one. Okay. Now I want to say, um, wife, really, really. Okay, so so you're messing with a. Mary man, 65 okay, you, years old. Wait, wait, wait. But before you before you get into that, you say wife really. It, it's not so uncommon these days 
that we got these females out here not caring and not respecting their self or the other woman and going for what they know, quote unquote, trying to get a bag. We know this. So I don't think that part is such the shocker. The shocker to me is that he's old enough to be your daddy. And yeah, girl, some ass. But anyway, continue. Sweetie. Stay in school. Get somebody your own age and stop trying to mess up an unhappy home. Okay. Wait, stop trying to mess <laughs> up an unhappy home. The home was right. unhappy. So it was exactly long before she came along. But meaning like she don't have to add more to the to to the fire. Like you don't have to make it even more unhappy, sweetheart. Mm-mm. You know what? He needs his look. That's what it is. He probably, you know what? I bet you he has kids her age. I wouldn't be surprised. Correct. She said she goes to Stony Brook. Wait, she said she goes to Stony Brook College in Long Island, New York. So I wouldn't be surprised um, if she go to school with some of his kids. Earth I'm just saying, this is just messy. It's got messy, messy, messy written all over it, and he should be ashamed of himself. And she probably has the brain the size of an ant. Um, to think that this this is going to be an easy transition if if she decided to say hey you know what um i'm going to i'm going to be his main chick and i want his wife i want him to dissolve that with his wife first of all they have kids and i'm quite sure that they have assets and and other things together and it's not easy one two three to no. just dissolve do Okay, I understand. They said he has a wife. Now, I just want to know. Okay, does your does your wife know about this? And then, not only if your wife, because you know, some people are married, but they have these arrangements where you go see who you want, or not go see who I want, but we'll still live together because yeah, it's cheaper see, to I keep her. But when she said sugar daddy, maybe you know. I got a lot of questions that I yeah, but but listen, I, I want to ask. I don't think the wife knows because if the wife knew, it wouldn't really be a situation. You know, well, he wants to move the wife out and move me in it. It wouldn't if they have an open marriage, which there are plenty of open marriages out there that are very happy. You know, it wouldn't be a situation where it's like, oh, she needs to move out, I need to move in. You know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so messy. You want to know something? What you know? I've noticed like. Sometimes men will say, like, you know, I'm going to put her out. I'm going to leave her. You're going to move in. And in all reality, that house and everything else is in that woman's name. So where are you putting her out at? Well, girl, you see what happened with um John and Lorena Bobbitt. That's why these men need to stop playing. Sorry, I just hit my teeth. Okay, anyway, we got a caller on the line really quick. So we're going to get to this caller, and then we're going to bring Dave Rebels on. So caller, okay. what's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Margaret. I'm calling from Long Island, New York. How you, and how I like you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you ladies doing this evening? Good. Good, Good thank you. Okay. So you, want, you want to comment now, on the letter? Oh, I most certainly do. It doesn't necessarily mean that his house is unhappy. He's just a dog. And he's not going to leave his wife for this little girl. 
unless the wife puts him out. And when the wife puts him out, if she finds out about it and the wife puts him out, he ain't going with that little girl. That little girl won't be with him. Because I'm going to tell you, honey, it's cheaper to keep her. You just made me think of a Clarence Thomas song, Cheaper to Keep Her. Um, I said that. I said it's cheaper to keep her. I mean, listen. I, I mean, I don't, we, I mean, we, we just get a piece of the picture. We don't get like the whole picture when people write us letters and not really breaking it all the way down to us. But I'm just wondering at 21 years old, what do you really know about having a sugar daddy or, or what do you really know about a happy home and not a happy home? This is, this is someone that's in college, just starting her life out. Like, what do you want with a Maybe she's looking for a There's no college boys on campus. First of all, does she, what, does she have an absent father? College boys. No, does, does she have you like an absent is. father and she just wants that or um, like, does she see, uh, what does she see growing up in her household? Like, I don't know. No, who was she listening to? Who knows? Who knows? But um, thank you for calling in, Margaret. Um, keep listening. Um you can get updates on the show at www.lettersfromthepen.com and stay tuned because we are going to bring Dave Revels on and we are definitely um, going to get into some, you know, stuff. We're going to get his opinion and just keep it locked. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. You're welcome. So I think um, before we bring Dave in, I would like to play one of his songs. Um, because he's got some really, really great stuff. And um, although he's from the legendary Drifters and Persuasions, he does has, have some stuff that he's working on as a solo artist now that's out now. So we're going to drop one of his songs and then we will bring him back in to Letters from the Pen. So right now, we are going to play Move That Mountain because I think this is an appropriate song for this letter. Okay? Because the wife needs to move that mountain. So let's Move That Mountain by Dave Revels. Push, push, push Come on, move that mountain 
Come on, move that mountain Don't you waste another day Don't you wait, don't you hesitate What you need, you might be too late that mountain that's what a lot of people need to do we need to move these mountains but okay so without further ado we are going to introduce to you guys the legendary dave rebels as soon as he gets up in here as soon as he gets up in here we will talk to him about his music about you know some things that he yeah about some things that he's done in the past um you know what his journey has been like um, you know, being in the entertainment industry for decades. And here he is. Hi, welcome. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure to be here. Great. So we just got done playing Move That Mountain. Uh huh. Great song, great feel to it, great vibe. So what was the inspiration behind that song? Everything that we've been going through the past uh, year. Um, I've got family in the medical field. My wife is a respiratory therapist. And that's being like in the mouth of the monster during the uh, pandemic, where she's actually at the head of the table, literally, uh, with someone who is raging with COVID. Uh, mm. extreme cases with ventilators and all that and she's wearing like a suit of armor right. uh, and for all the other healthcare workers and for us you know who, who have had to really adapt you know whether we liked it or not and face so many obstacles we all, the whole song idea is if you're faced with a mountain in front of you what are you going to do you know you're going you're gonna to scream and panic and faint or you're going to find a way to move that mountain that's in your way that's stopping you from being or, or achieving what you want. So that's the inspiration. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. So tell us what it's like to be in the industry for decades. So we can say that you've been decades. Yeah. Decades. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's something I love, you know, the thing about being an artist, you never really age. Your mind doesn't age. 
you know, you just gain more experience. And uh, it's it's one of the greatest feel is it's a you're called to it. You know, no one can drag you into it. You have to want it. And uh, the what's been great about it is I've been exposed to so many incredible personalities, iconic people in the industry from rock music to country music, uh, even calypso, reggae, and all those those idioms of music and genres. And uh, that's been an amazing thing, uh, you know, walking into every situation with an open mind. And that's pretty much what I've done in my life, every thing I've done. So by being here that long, it just means I've kept an open mind. So who have who has been some of your favorite artists to work with? Because I know you've worked with a lot, too many to name, but who's been some of your favorites? Well, I started being about working with a lot of the, uh, what you'd call the oldies artists. Um, I got involved with that genre, I guess because I went to the real school of rock, because, you know, I worked with Chuck Berry, Chubby Checker, uh, uh, the chosen Leslie Gore, if you remember her. Leslie Gore goes way back. Quincy Jones produced her, and she was an iconic artist. Uh, a heartthrob like rock and roll Fabian, uh, soul star, um, Gene Chandler, um, uh, just to name a few. There's so many of them. And uh, having worked with them, one of my favorites, I guess you could say, I kind of modeled myself earlier vocally off of was the great Levi Stubbs of the Four Tops. Mm. Uh, in 1985, yeah. I was, as a member of the churches that I was on the show called Motown Returns to the Apollo Theater. It was an NBC special. And that was a big production with all the Motown stars. Michael Jackson was on it the whole night thing, you know. And uh, I got to meet my idols and work alongside them. There's a segment called Battle of the Bands. It's uh-huh. on YouTube. There's only like three million views. I had a lot of hear that, you know, long hair. And uh, <laughs> but uh, that's been the thing I've taken from each and every one of them. The most fundamental thing is that there were no copycats. They were all clearly defined. Each person, Bo Diddley, if you ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these iconic people, they were so well defined. Little Richard. All these people so sharply defined, there was no two alike. And it taught me something that when you step on a stage, don't go up there to copy anybody, to be yourself. So that's what that taught me all those years, is uh, taking that one thing from them, how to be yourself and be comfortable. So now, were you, were you actually on the stage with Little Richard? All these people, you know, over the years. I mean, you know, Wait, and so experience. How was it like being on the stage with Little Richard? Because I mean, anyone that knows him, which everybody knows him, he, the way he performs is so vibrant and he's so like all over the place. I mean, was that how, what was that like? It was like, it was basically watching an incredible superstar, somebody <laughs> far beyond anything you can imagine. I mean, this is what I mean about their personalities. They were so sharply defined. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was being in school. You know, it was like being in a classroom for real, where you're watching these people. Benny King, have you heard of Benny King? Yeah. Uh, Stand by me. Mm-hmm. Um, all these people, you know, just name them. I mean, even Calypso stars. You know, the Mighty Sparrow. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, the Mighty Sparrow was the most iconic uh, Calypsonian. You know, and to be around people that are. You know, icons. Right. Uh, I, I, I soaked it up like a sponge. I asked a lot of questions, you know. Um, working with Dick Clark, 
yeah. from American Bandstand. Right. Uh, I, I, I was part of the very last American Bandstand tour. And uh, to see these people night after night and ask them questions about production, ask them questions about writing. You know, I remember I asked Benny King about writing. I said, Benny King, what advice would you give me as a songwriter? As a songwriter. And he said, don't try to be anybody else. Don't follow trends. Just write what's in your heart. And if one of your songs become a hit, everybody wants to hear everything you've ever written. And then you will come forward. So he said, don't copy anybody. Just be yourself. So right. that's what I meant being around all those people. Learning how to be an entertainer, you know, learning how to be a writer, learning how to be a producer, all those things. Right. So at what age did you realize, like, this is what you wanted to do? Like, well, you wanted to be on stage to perform? Well, after my first terrifying moment on stage, I was 12. I was put on stage to sing in a choir, and I was so terrified, my knees shook, and I started <laughs> crying. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't until high school, really, um, when I went out for a solo in a glee club and got it. And uh, I guess, you know, the, the bug really started biting me then. So I guess since I was about 16, really really locked so in. So what did you what did you sing on your solo when you auditioned for the Glee Club? Can you remember? My brother, are you ready for your journey? Do you want to see your Jesus? I'm waiting for the shower because I'm ready to go. That was the song I said. <laughs> <laughs> Still remember. <laughs> so what was it like being with the Drifters? That was a home, that was a I go back to the beginning of that. Okay, so I had all my I had groups of my own before that. And I did a show for a young woman named Debbie Malone. She's an incredible singer. And I did her a favor by covering a show for her. And she gave me two auditions to go to the next day. One was for the Wiz, the road tour of the Wiz as the Tin Man. And the other was an audition for the Drifters. I was too tired to get up early in the morning to go to the audition for the road tour of the Wiz. So I went to the Drifters rehearsal when I was in the, like early, later in the day at noon. I auditioned that day, and they told me I had the job the same day. They asked me if I had a, a tuxedo. I said, yeah. They said, meet us at 5 o'clock at 125th Street. They got a show that day. So I went from auditioning to rehearsing a few numbers to being on stage with them the same day. And, oh. um, and it ran from there. We used to do like 28 days a month. Wow. Uh, nationwide, uh, worldwide. And that's where I got to meet all those iconic stars from the Drifters exposure. And that was phenomenal. That was like, can I tell you, it was, it was amazing. It was, my, it was my schooling. Wow. So what was your favorite song to sing with the Drifters? Under the boardwalk, down by the sea, yeah. On a blanket with my baby is where I'll be. Yeah, I love that. This is my part. Down by the boardwalk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bass part. Down every, every time I get, it gets to that part, I always go like this. Down by the boardwalk. Oh, yeah. And then I point at her. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, that's one of the Drifters, which I'm sure you know because you're in the group. That's one of their um, one of their biggest songs because whenever I speak to someone and when, when I start to talk about the Drifters, they always go, "Oh, that group that sings under the boardwalk." Like, yeah, 
The group that sings under the boardwalk. They call it beach music. They call it beach music. You know, there, there are a lot of drifter songs we know that are called beach music. Because I guess mm. they talked about the water so much, you know? Right, and, um, right. So, yeah, that was an iconic song. And still, cool. till this day, that song yeah. still rocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's been a few covers of that song, too. Oh, like, you know, a few different people covered that song. Yeah, and, and, and a bunch of the other songs, too. You know, yeah. because... Um, it's all, you know, in every song, it's all about the melody and the lyric. Mm-hmm. You know, if the lyric subject matter is something that everyone goes through or can or can see themselves doing, and you put it with a great melody, it, it'll last forever. This is true. But you, is true. you know how there's always that one song where no matter how many people try to redo it, you're just like, no, just leave it alone. Let yeah. the drifters just keep that song, don't try to redo it. That's one of the songs, like, no. Just leave it You know, the thing is about a lot of the classic songs, mm-hmm. there's a lot of harmony going on. Oh, yeah. And there's just a lot of instrumentation. And there was a lot of groups in the 70s, the 60s and 70s that that, that were using their, their, vo- their voice was the instrument. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, to me, if, if you can't if you can't sing harmonies and you can't harmonize and whatever, just leave the song alone. Let just let let it be in its glory. Oh yeah, because yeah, because the whole generation music is all about arrangements and and uh, choral arrangements and all that stuff. And you had to you had to be able to sing. You yeah, know, you to sing lead and background. Well, you had to be able to dance too in a tight tux. <clears throat> oh yeah, I kind of kept it a little bit in the <laughs> critical places. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know what? It's already hot on stage because there's a bunch of lights. And then it's like, uh-huh. now you want me to get up here in a suit with some church shoes and a bow tie. Oh, you know about it, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Patent leather shoes. How about that? Right. In 110 degrees. Right. Or like, you want me to wear these loafers with a dime in the tongue? Like, what? Oh, no, no. We were patent leather shoes at 110 <laughs> degrees. Button up to the collar. I always used to say, why are they always sweating on stage? Don't they have AC? Until one it's day hot. I realized when no, until one day I was on stage and I'm like, oh, these lights, this is horrible. Yeah. Why would they do that to somebody? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You lost about five pounds a night. Mm. Goodness gracious, gracious, gracious. All right, so what I want to do is I want to get into another one of your songs, um, mm-hmm. and then when we come back. We are going to take some calls. So for those of you who are listening, you have any questions for Dave Revels, you want to comment on the letter, call in live, 888-627-6008. We are here for it. Dave is here. He's ready to answer your questions. And after we play his song and we come back, we're going to put him on the hot seat. Oh. <laughs> you ready for that? You ready for the hot I'm seat? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So we are going to play Good Jamaican Woman right now. So if you're a good Jamaican woman out there, this song's for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one's one's for my beautiful Jamaican ladies. Some men dream of fortune and fame Long to own the world and hold it in their hand I just want to hold 
Letter from the Pen, Good Jamaican Woman by Dave Rebels. So what's very interesting about this song. No, I like it too. What's very interesting is it still has um, it's modern music, but it has like still that old school feel to it. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like it joined forces. I started singing it. I pick up the words fast. Yeah, you know, it's it's part of my heritage because I call myself a gem Englishman because I'm British. Uh, my mother's Jamaican and my father's American. And uh, so this whole journey is about my heritage. So uh, I was raised by some very strong, remarkable Jamaican women in my life. And my wife is Jamaican. And uh, so I have a lot of admiration for women in general. You know, so this is my ode to finding that one woman. I try to find 20 women to hang out with, but just find that one woman that you could really show how much you love her and treat her like. Right. Cool, cool. All right. So anybody want to call in, comment, have any questions for Mr. Dave Revels, you can call in now, 888-627-6008. He will answer any questions. Are any questions off limits? Probably not, but he'll he'll answer your questions. Okay, so now we're going to put you on the hot seat, okay? Don't think about these questions too long. You just spit the answer out. All right. (laughs) Okay, five questions. Here we go. All right. 
Who do you think is the worst singer in America today? Oh, God. <laughs> Are there too many to choose from? You know, have you heard the music out here nowadays? Yeah, I have, but you know, to tell you the truth, this may sound political, but it's not. I've learned not to judge anybody's music musicianship because it, the fact that they they even got it out there is is success, you know? And so even if I don't uh, necessarily like the song, I don't knock them as an artist. I just never have, you know? You're no um, fun, Dave. You're no fun. No, no, like that, right? I know I'm like no that, right? Fun. Yeah, but it's true. I just don't. I mean, I, I couldn't do that, you know, to a singer, you know, because somebody, I mean, I like my voice. They can tell me, I mean, people don't think I can sing, you know, suede. All right. We'll, we'll skip that question. Well, I love your voice. You know, fun. Oh, thank you, huh? All right. Next question. If you were not married, what famous person would you ask to marry you today? Marry me. Of course, I date a friend. Answer maybe. that. I date no, who's going to answer that? If I was man, you want to get me in trouble, don't you? <laughs> um, right. I'm, tr- you, I'm trying to protect you. I tell you always one. See, I, okay, listen. I don't marry nobody until I get to know him first, right? But I will um, tell you this. I always want to meet Jill Scott Heron. Mm. Because I love her musicianship. Yeah, yeah. And I always wanted yeah. to uh, collaborate with him. So I, I, I like to get to know someone's spirit with him and hang out with them like that. You know, because yeah. I can always get the physical side, you know, but I like to get a little bit emotionally attached, you know. Okay. Okay. Next question. If you could go back in time and change anything, what would you change? My understanding of uh, my own personal worth. Mm, that's a good I'd answer. Go back, I'd go back and define myself earlier, you know, and 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 appreciate who I am earlier. That's that that's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Okay, I'm gonna take you off the hot seat now. No more bad questions. Um, no, <laughs> so, what no, you have two more to go. Yeah, go go. Give it keep give it the hot ones. I mean, uh, I'm also, we, I'm asking them very truthfully now. Trust me, I'm not dodging. Are you sure? Because you 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 was cheating a little bit, being political. No, no, no. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly how I feel. I don't. I don't butter things. I don't hold back. I just tell you exactly what I'm feeling. Okay. All right. So, back in the day before you got married, mm-hmm. when you were like on tour and stuff, was you kind of like a Rolling Stone or was you a good guy? I knew someone in every state I traveled, every part of the world I traveled. Oh Lord Jesus. So. And it wasn't being a, wasn't hoeing. Um, <laughs> it was, actually, I just had interesting women in my life. And uh, from all nationalities. And again, I'm curious about here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I, I like to find out what's up here. So I've, I've had a lot of, yeah, I've had a lot of friends. You know what I mean? Hmm. Okay. Before it's married. Okay. Before it's married. Before, yes. We're talking about post, no, not, yeah, no. pre-marriage. Not post. Pre-marriage. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So last hot seat question. This is a good one. Okay. Okay. When you were on the road touring, because we know, uh-huh. we, you know, we see the movies and everything, so we know, we knew what was happening. So when you was on the road touring before you got married, 
How many women did you pick up at your shows and take back to your hotel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's just say I went out every night because there's always uh, people want to take you out for the night. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, not always, but on occasion, yeah, you know, you, you got friendly with some, you know, and uh, but you always went out every night. I mean, when I was in Sweden, Every night after a concert, I was out with a group of, you know, uh, women. And, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But, but I wasn't a playboy, not like that. I just, again, you know, I'm, I was I'm just living. I was young and I was living. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I think, I think back then, there was, it, that was just the wave. That was just the thing. It was the way. And I tell you, another thing that was the way was that there was a lot of drugs, uh, which I kind of like stay clear of because as a singer, I can't smoke or do any. Right. Because of the room, I'm a tenor. So I'll, you know, ruin my voice. But yeah. every night, you know, as a conscious, somebody come and shake your hand or slap the hand of yours. And when you pull it back, there's something in your hand. Uh huh. You know, or. After a concert, you pick, get picked up in a limo and you're off to a club. Like, I remember in Manhattan, uh, Johnny Kemp um, um, just got paid, you know. Remember, mm-hmm. just got paid, money in my pocket. Uh, he used to perform with a club called Sellers Uptown. And, man, so, you know, you go to parties in Manhattan in, in, off of Central Park West where there was a lot of stuff going on. You know, in one room there was, you know, and they were swinging. They were, they they were was swinging really in wild. one room. It's amazing how some people made it out and some didn't. Mm. You ever been to Studio Fifty Four when it was open? No, I didn't go to Studio Fifty Four. I I uh, was too busy just touring. I didn't I didn't go there, but uh, I did shows like, uh, you know, like over like in the city. The you know, uh, there was a place called. Ron Delsner's uh, uh, club, and I opened up for Chaka Khan back then in the day. Uh, that was fun. That was an interesting night. Um, but no, I didn't go to Studio 54. Hmm. But I went to a lot of private parties, especially uh-huh. at the concert. Uh, you know, you let me wait for you and zip you off to a party uptown because you didn't, you didn't go to bed after the show. Hmm. You know, it's the same thing now, I you know. If you're if you're in there, if you're doing it, you're not going to bed after the show, right? And that's pretty much what it was like. But I still had to sleep, you know, because I'm a tenor, you know. Right. So I know, like in that era, there was like a lot of like drug activity going on. When I say that, I think at the time, I think at the time, like cocaine wasn't no one really understood the ramifications of what it could do and what was going on it was like a party thing coke and um, drug Co- coke and sex Stay yeah up. a lot of that i mean <clears throat> after concert you're on the road and there's a hotel oh my lord i mean <clears throat> girls are lined up in the hallway you know and you just step out and pick one and you know and that's how it was nobody was even thinking about aids you know, yeah, that's, that's true. The hallway was filled with girls, you know, and you just step out of your hotel room. And that's what it was. It was 
there was no worries, you know, nobody thought about anything like that. Right. So, you know, some people didn't get lucky. Some people got caught up in Did that. you go to any swingers parties? Any what? Did you go to any swinger parties? No, I didn't like I didn't like double dipping. I didn't like double dipping. You know what I mean? I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on I, that. I don't like no sloppy seconds. No, I I just I'm like you know I'm a kind of germaphobe, so I I can't imagine going behind nobody. So no, I didn't. So no, you're didn't. not like you're not like Irv the perv, uh, the sugar daddy on the letter. No, I'm not like I'm no because again I can't no no that's with me and you. That's me and you. Mm-hmm. Me, you and him and her. You know, um, although threesome sounds interesting, but not with you know another male in the room. No, but no, I'm not. Hey, you're talking to... about like a threesome with like two women and you. That's it. There's that's the day, but <laughs> but not sloppy seconds with nobody else. No, the guy. Right. Right. So what part, um, I mean, are you religious at all? I keep my spiritual center, yes. I don't believe in going to churches because I think there's too much hypocrisy in right. churches. So I keep my own spirituality. I do believe in the Lord. and um, But I don't believe in certain organized religions when people show up to church with $5,000 suits and shoes. Mm-hmm. That, that's not me. I don't believe right. in Right. So do you think that like your religion played a part in keeping you grounded through all of these, you know, different eras that you were going through and all the stuff that was going on? I mean, I know there was like a lot of temptation, you know, like happening everywhere. It's more of the people in my life, like my uh, my mother, mm-hmm. uh, my other family members who I didn't want to do anything to embarrass them. Right. You know, so they kept me grounded. It's the people in my life that kept me grounded, um, you know, because I I cared what they thought of me. Right. And I didn't want, I wouldn't do anything to embarrass them. And I was too focused on my art, to be honest. You know, I was always trying to improve myself as an artist. Right. And, you know, so I was focused like that, you know. So what do you think, what do you think now, um, when you, when you see like the artists now performing and they're kind of like, they barely have clothes on, um, what what do you think? What part do you think that plays in the music and them being popular versus if someone came out and they could really sing and they had clothes on? Well, the truth is, I got four daughters. Okay, I raised girls. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I I'm about women empowering empowering women. I really it really bothers me that a woman has to be stuck in one gear, which is she's got to always look sexy. She's got to show a little butt. She got to show right. cleavage, and she's got to talk about sex all the time. And she's got to always worry about her makeup being where it's supposed to be and all that crap. You know, mm-hmm. there's a thing called the aging process. And, I, you know, I wrote a book called uh, A Natural Guide to Ma- Master and Art of Live Entertainment, where I talk about being comfortable with your own skin. And it bothers me that women, to me, for the most part, are uncomfortable in their own skin because they're forced to keep this image thing going. And it interferes with their artistry because, you know, they're kind of like stuck in one kind of mode in the song matter, that the subject matter they talk about, because mm-hmm. they think that's what's acceptable. But there are a few artists that come out and, and, and write more real, you know? Right. And um, 
I always look at those kind of songwriting. But today I think it's just stuck in first gear too long. And it right. bothers me because you're going to get older, you know, and your first sign, you know, they, they start to struggle when they start doing plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. You, you can't get it back. You know, you're going to age. But the thing is to age with grace and keep your artists. I think actresses and actresses hold on to their grace a lot longer than singers. Right. Female singers. And that bothers me. Well, yeah. I definitely got news for the um the female singers out here that's like half naked. You are not the first to do it, honey. Bootsy Collins no. and George Clinton was running across the stage in a diaper long yeah. before y'all thought about it. Well, go back to Josephine Baker. I mean, you know, if you want to talk about not wearing wearing less but being so talented that it transcended just her physicality or sexuality is one part, but you know, and you know, you, you got Lola Falana. You're a Lola Falana from yeah, Lola, Lola Falana. Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, you know. And um, I tell you what, I thought took a turn that I think was detrimental to her career was uh, Tony Braxton. I love Tony Braxton when she first came out, but then yeah. she started getting too revealing sexually to me. And I think mm-hmm. it took away from her art because I thought she was a tremendously gifted singer and, and entertainer. And she yeah. just had that thing about her. Who told her to? she needed to do more sex stuff? I don't know. So what I think, I mean, and this is just my Nobody personal opinion. saying that now. Yeah, no, 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 no. What I think is, and like I said, this is just my personal opinion. I think that female artists, when they start to get a little older, for some reason in their mind, and, and a lot of times the labels make them feel this way too. They yeah. make them feel like, okay, now you have to compete. You're 40 years old. You have to compete with the 20-year-old that's running across the stage in a G-string. So now in their mind, they start to think, okay, to hold my audience, this is what I have to do. But not understanding that like someone like Toni Braxton that can really sing, that and, and her voice is just so timeless and classic, yeah. that that's not something you have to do. I mean, for you know, take for instance – you know, that low regimen that she has, like another artist that has that is like Anita Baker. Anita Baker never once stripped down, revealed herself or anything. And look how many albums and how many number one hits that she has. And she still has classic songs that, I mean, I can rock an Anita Baker album all day. Like I'll put it on and just go on about my business. Tremendous. How about Nancy? How about going back Nancy Wilson? Oh, yes. I love Nancy Wilson. If your audience have never heard of Nancy Wilson, go check her out. She has a song called Guess Who I Saw Today, My Dear. It's about busting a husband in a restaurant with another woman. And he oh. comes home and tells him about it. Guess who I saw today, my dear? He was so comfortable and so relaxed. And she was talking about him with another woman because she saw him. But I'm saying, like you're saying, is that I just... I think a woman should stand on her artistry. But again, you know, you can't compete with somebody 30 years younger than you in the physical realm. You just have to do it with grace, you know, accept the maturity. But, you know, you can't do that. But the thing about it is when you say keep your audience, your audience is aging with you. So the thing is not trying to get younger artists, if they like your music, they like your music, but hold on to the people that's been with you all those years. They're going to stay with you. Right. I'm not going to leave you, but I think a lot of artists don't realize that, that the audience that love them is aging with them. Stick with them. They'll right. stick by you. They'll stick by you. I mean, honestly, to be honest, though, like a lot of these younger artists, if you listen to their music, they're, they're, they're going back and they're sampling um, all of these old school songs. They're sampling them. And that, and that has to tell you something. 
R&B, soul, blues, that's the backbone of music. And rock and roll is always going to be the backbone of music, period. No matter what's happening, what's going down, what's being done, whether it's techno, whether it's country, whether it's funk, whether it's pop, mm-hmm. blues, and, and R&B and soul, it's just the backbone and the base of music, and, it's, and it always will be. Well, just remember melody and lyric. Great melody, great lyrics, you know, a, a subject matter that people can identify with. If you put that together with a good vocalist and 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 tell the story genuinely, people will embrace it. You know, every song you write or every subject matter you touch on, there's at least 100,000 people who feel the same way you did. They just can't right. expose it like you can. You right. know, you're the artist. And they'll go, man, that's exactly what I'm feeling. But I couldn't say that, that. Thanks for writing that song, you know. Right. And, and singing it like that, you know. And and that's what you have as an artist, you know. I, I I looked at a lot of your body of work. I mean, you know, you put your heart and soul into your work, you know. And and I think that's in, that's com- very commendable, you know. You're being yourself, and that's important, you know. Right. Okay. You can't do it because somebody's trying to tell you how you should be. If if you know, it's like you know what the industry's like to me. It's like when you when you're with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And you change yourself trying to please them all the time. Right. After all, when you change yourself trying to please them, they get bored with you because they realize they can manipulate you. Exactly. You're not, you're not you're not interesting to them anymore. And they're gonna leave you anyway. So it's the same thing with the industry. If you try to please a, a record label, they're gonna leave you anyway. Because exactly. they're gonna find somebody else that'll please them more. You know, this is true. Being yourself. So what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist that's trying to come out now with all the wisdom that you have? Like, what would be the main thing that you would say to them to help them kind of get over that hump and get to where they need to be? Write your own songs. Write from your heart. Don't edit yourself in the middle of writing something about yourself or writing this topic, don't edit yourself. Just say it exactly how you feel. And I guarantee you there's going to be at least 100,000 people in the world who feel exactly the way that you do. So don't try to keep reshaping it because you think somebody else will like it a certain way. Be yourself. And don't, who's to know if you're going to be successful? But don't try to project success ahead of first creating something. Right. You know, be honest about your creativity. Say exactly what you mean. Right. That's the advice I get. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, It was amazing having you, and it was amazing listening to all of your stories and putting you on the hot seat. Um, We definitely will have you back again on Letters from the Pen to put you on the hot seat again. And this time you got to answer all the questions. Now, I've got something here for you guys, you ladies, okay? Because you, you, you're staying true to your art, you're, you're devoted to your art. These are lilies. Oh. It means purity and devotion, you know? Okay, and so um, are you going to mail those to me? Or are you going to bring them to me? How am I going to get these lilies? You're just going to take a nice picture of it right now. <laughs> All right. But it means, uh, you know, devotion, purity. And, you know, you're, you're devoted to your craft, you know? I can see the amount of work you've done. You're devoted to it. That's cool. You know, and that's an inspiration, you know, and I'm honored that you have me on the show. 
Thank you for joining us. We're what definitely, definitely, definitely going to put your music in rotation because we love it here. Um, thank you for being with us. And again, um, join us back here on Friday, guys. Um, we will have Soldier Boy from 90 Day Fiance with us and independent artist Johnny Will right here at 6 p.m. on Friday. Log on to our website, www.lettersfromthepen.com, or you can go on BBS Radio and find Letters from the Pen to get updates and information on everything. So join us here on Friday, and thank you so much, and thank you, Dave, so much for being here with us. You are a sport, and we will definitely have you back. My pleasure. Take care of yourselves, ladies. And I will definitely have your music in my playlist. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you guys. Love you too. Thank you. Love Bye. you too. Bye. Bye.